from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. And, uh, this week we're going to talk about uh, InfoSec and InfoSecurity here in San Antonio. If uh, you are in that community and don't know who to go hang out with and uh, who you can learn from and who you can share things that you've learned with, um, stay tuned. You're, you're going to be able to find all, out uh, all about B-Sides uh, from our guest today, uh, Stephen, uh, also known as Sciatic Nerd. Thank Hi. you for joining us. Thank you so much, Brett. Appreciate it. Yes. So let's see. We'll uh, bounce around a few different ways here. So how did you, uh, just a little bit of your background, how did you find your way into all this computer security stuff to begin with? Well, I started out as a frustrated filmmaker and then found that I made all the wrong decisions in how to go forward in that career field. And then I took a job. I actually wound up doing everything through uh, internships. If, if you are not plugging in your life at the beginning of it to find internships and get other people to mentor you, there are things that could go better. Yeah. So my thing was uh, I had a string of very good mentors, including my own dad, and it was pushing me to take an interview earlier. Don't wait for someone else to open the door for you. Go knock. The worst they can tell you is no, go away. Yeah. Buzz off, kid. So I got this opportunity with a company, and after four years, the, the opportunity went away. And then I just started looking for a support job. Never, ever discount that initial support job. It may be the door that opens a thousand more. And that's what it was, actually. That's what started it. I actually uh, started looking for jobs in the newspaper and online. Now, this is back in 2001, okay? In 2001, so not a great time to look for tech jobs. For those that are a little younger, there was this original internet boom uh, where all the investors in the world thought that the, the internet was going to be, every one company that was on the internet was going to be worth a trillion dollars. Well, there are some worth a trillion dollars now in 2019. Uh, Microsoft <laughs> here, I think most recently yeah. topped it, but Apple and I think maybe Amazon have all topped that number. Uh, so what they didn't realize back in that 2001, the first port in the internet, there were only 50 million people on the internet in the U.S. And, and maybe only 300 or 400 million all around the whole world. It was not really enough to do a lot on the internet yet. So a lot of money went in, and then they didn't find any customers. It was the, uh, I think, the Roach Motel problem. The money went in, but nothing came out. Yeah. Uh, and, and that actually was the problem. You remember that kit they used to sell online late at night? It looked like a Happy Meal, and inside was a CD-ROM and a booklet. And it said, you too can open your shop online. Yeah. And people would approach me and say, do you think this is a good idea with hope in their eyes? And I'm, I'm not sure how to explain that. I don't think that unless you have a business model and experience and something you know you can turn around for people, yeah. how does that work? Anyway, well, that was – anyway, so I was trying to apply online with yeah. early monster, flip dog, whatever. It was the newspaper job. That newspaper job turned into the, the door that opened for the last 18 years. It's amazing. And it started out with information security, and I didn't know it at the time. It wasn't called that. It had three letters, and this is something I do. I don't hide this at all. I do identity and access control, right, or, or I, IAM, yep. identity and access management, and that was the beginning of it. But for me, it was in the form of training related to PKI, public key infrastructure. As we were going to roll that out everywhere back in 2001. Yeah, we were all going to have little chip. Well, they, we finally have them now. Like, it's, it's interesting. All these things are starting to come through. So uh, if anyone out there in the audience has a YubiKey, yeah. um, back in 2001, everybody thought we were going to have those then. It took a little while. We don't all have YubiKeys or things like that yet still today, but um, well, many of these things now are now actually becoming a reality. 
and it was so exciting at the time. I had no idea what I was saying. I was I would basically go in front of people and I'd read from a binder for the first four hours. Well, by the end of a month of doing that, you can do the whole spiel twice a day, four hours, and that was the deal. Yeah. But that opened the door to another opportunity, and then you get deeper into the technology. And if the four years in me could turn around and tell brand new me the things, it would have been so much better for the audiences at that time because it would have been less of that reading from the sheet there. Um, uh, and now it says that you are going to learn about putting the card into the reader. Please wait three seconds. Yeah. And then you, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just reading from your script. So fine. That was my introduction to all of this. And then at one point, someone said, stop trying to hang your hat on all of your work because I was super invested. When I say invested, it was kind of like if, if something didn't go right in meetings, I would kind of get stressed about it personally because I felt like I was failing at my job. And they said, planes are not gonna fall out of the sky if this doesn't go perfectly, okay? You need to get a hobby. Now, I still get unreasonably excited about technology. That's not gonna change. What happened though, is I met this amazing group of people. I was in town for a different thing in Las Vegas. It turns out a friend said, why aren't you over here? I'm like, where's here? He says, the Artisan Hotel. I said, um, what the heck is the Artisan Hotel? He's like, just shut up and get over here. And I get over there, and he says, pick up a box. What am I, who are these people? What are we doing here? And he said, you're helping. I said, helping what? And I go inside this hotel with a box, and I kid you not, there is a group of people haphazardly hanging a screen, a projection screen, over two-thirds of the registration desk of the hotel and setting up chairs mapping around a water feature like you were putting words around a giant letter in, in a, or a picture in a Word document. Yeah. And they're setting up in the front of the hotel. And I'm like, what is this? They said it's a B-Sides conference. The heck is that? Well, in the shadow of bigger conferences, bigger pay-for conferences, let's call them Black Hat or RSA conference, these things that cost over $1,200 to get in the door. You either submit a talk, and that's how you get someone to pay for you to go, or you sit down and cry. And it turns out that people who still had a contribution got together and started their own conference. I believe it was in San Francisco originally, in the shadow of RSA. That's why it's not the big event, it's the B-side to that event. Yeah, and for, for those too young to um, know what vinyl is, well, actually, vinyl's making a comeback now, too. So that everything everything that's old is new again. Everything that we thought we couldn't do, we're going to be able to do now. But the, the B-side, they used to release a single. Now you just pay 99 cents on iTunes to, to get your one song. But right. on the back, that B-side of that piece of vinyl used to be some other song that generally the band and the artist really liked. It was their favorite but they wouldn't be able to ever release it because their label wouldn't let them. So they would they would figure out how to get it onto the back of that single that their label made them put out there. And that's what was so exciting was these people were on the ground floor of saying, you have a contribution. You still have something to offer. Why not share that? And so all the people, some of them, it turns out, as the, the conference grew year over year, were the same presenters at the big pay-for conference across town. Here we are at a tiny hotel and... Track one is there in the front hall. Track two is in an actual meeting room. Track three was in the chapel in the back of the hotel. And so there it is, are, it is Vegas. Every it, hotel probably has its own chapel. Yeah. yeah. And in a big pool and yes. mirrors, lots of mirrors. So this actually the artisan has really interesting uh, paintings kind of nailed to the ceiling in, in the lobby. It's really different. So not like frescas painted to the ceiling, just framed paintings nailed to the ceiling. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. 
It's a, I, that's a good visual. Uh-huh. It's a pretty funky place. Yes. So, you know, because that and the water feature, which is a full-size fountain indoors. Yeah. That we have the chairs around, you see. So, you know, it just kept it interesting. Anyway, so it turns out after moving boxes, um, I didn't have any, I had no shirt, no badge, nothing. I'm, I guess I'm going to go. And it turns out the person who was going to record in that chapel flaked. And I explained I had all this frustrated filmmaker experience, all this video AV. And they said, okay, prove, explain, what do you think you know? We had a conversation, and I was invited to stay. I now run the AV group for the B-Sides Las Vegas conference, and we can get into the San Antonio one in a little bit if, if that makes better sense. Yeah, I think that'll help as well. So, I mean, we've got a listening audience here, and if you're out there right now, uh, you were listening to 1200 WAI. Um, you could be in Vegas maybe, depending on how the AM radio waves are bouncing around. Uh, but you're most likely in San Antonio or somewhere in the central Texas region. Uh, if you are listening to us uh, on iHeart streaming, you could be anywhere in the world. Uh, so uh, this is uh, one of the things these days anymore. You, we don't exactly know where our audience is at. Um, and yeah, if you are in your car listening and did want to continue, uh, put the uh, iHeart streaming app onto your phone. Uh, pull up 1200 WAI on there and you can continue to listen as you transition uh, out of your vehicle uh, into your home or wherever you're headed next. Uh, and then if you aren't not going to be able to stay with us uh, through this whole uh, broadcast, uh, you can find us on the Internet on uh, any podcasting service out there. And if uh, you have a favorite podcasting service where you could not find our program, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know. We will fix that and we will get you a CyberTalk Radio T-shirt. And for the uh, folks in the audience that have fun um, hacking things, uh, you can, yes, you can set up your own podcasting service. Um, if you do that, we will give you a CyberTalk Radio T-shirt. Congratulations. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and uh, if you are listening to us via one of those podcasting services, thank you for being a subscriber uh, to the program and sharing thoughts. If this is your first time listening, we've been uh, on the air for a couple of years now. We have a uh, guests all the way from uh, high school kids doing Cyber Patriot all the way up th to, through to uh, just recently had a, uh, he's now at, at Accenture Federal Services, but the uh, former chief technology officer of the uh, Central Intelligence Agency on. So a wide variety of guests, wide variety of career ages and experiences kind of covering all things cybersecurity. Every once in a while, we sneak a little bit of uh, entrepreneurship in because uh, more cybersecurity folks need to figure out how to start their own businesses and uh, realize that uh, when you're out there and you're struggling and having uh, challenges, that's pretty much normal for entrepreneurship. Um, cybersecurity folks should be, uh, you should be okay with that. As a security analyst, you're going to be reading and looking at screens and chasing down rabbit holes and there's going to be dead ends all over. So if anyone should have the ability to hit a dead end and then go back and start over and follow through again, it should be someone who started as a security analyst. That is such actually a very, very good point. That has been one of the hallmarks of my small career is that getting told no is a huge opportunity or better still, failing at something is a great opportunity if you can revisit it and grow and learn from it, exactly as you said. That's actually a, a large part of what made me kind of learn and move forward at all, is getting told no when I was a, a very young person and I wanted to compete in a contest and they said, you're not gonna have access to our gear because you might break it, you're too young. So I went home and used that home gear to produce a piece and show up at their contest anyway. And uh, it turned out to be very, very positive. In the end, I was accepted. The, it was for a, so in other words, it was an anti-gatekeeping moment in my life, right? Yeah. It, it was the idea that there was a contest out there. There was no way you should enter because these listed things. The heck with that, showed up and still got an offer and an opportunity. That actually changed my life and actually helped program me for the way I think. 
I don't know how you think, Brett, what is, what is your driving force when you get into a situation like you decided you wanted to start CyberTalk Radio? So what is it that kind of turns your brain on and gives you that, that need for that entrepreneurial spirit? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I look around all the time for unmet needs uh, or areas where, where things are not um, going as they should be. So looking for things out of the norm, um, looking for things that are not being done as, as well as they, they could be done. And if I have an idea about how to improve that, fix it, whether it's uh, the way that tables are laid out in a restaurant, like I could sit there and look and go, this layout could be done better. And then maybe I'll talk to the manager and you come back in next time and you're like, oh, look, the layout's changed. Like it, cool. all the way through to finding flaws in computer systems and um, ending up talking on the radio. And, and we, we got CyberTalk Radio going a few years ago. Uh, now, uh, with the, the goals, I think there's been a ton of cybersecurity stuff. And even if you go all the way back and you want to consider signals intelligence in the military, the precursor for this Internet cybersecurity, then it's been going on here for, for quite a while in San Antonio. Uh, but a lot of the city doesn't know about it. And certainly our, our kids coming up through the schools don't know about it. Many parents don't know that this stuff is happening here and that there's opportunities for their kids if they'll um, join a cyber patriot team uh, in their school now great way to get involved and start learning but there's it academies in, in almost every district there's even charter programs that uh, are available across districts um, and all sorts of options for uh, kids here now to be able to learn and get involved and head down this career uh, field and i mean we're, we're seeing um, a lot of attention on this um, all the way up through to the the White House just recently put out a uh, executive order about the national importance and criticality of our cybersecurity workforce. And have you heard of the local group, the Coder Dojo Collaborative for San Antonio? Have you heard of these nice folks? Uh, the Coder Dojo, yeah. I have not. I know there's a Hacker Dojo. Well, so Same the people? CyberDef Dojo, completely oh, separate, actually. Separate people. See, there we go. So there's, there's always more stuff going on. Well, right. And Coder Dojo started in Dublin, Ireland. And so there are hundreds of them around the world. And the one in San Antonio is one of the largest anywhere and is run by some really nice folks. I, I volunteer over there and help with... Uh, well, I help kids get started with problem solving. The actual name of the class is Python on Pi, but it's about the Raspberry Pi, and to me, there is no greater starting point than the replacement for the Commodore 64, the Raspberry Pi, or single board computer of your choosing yeah. that gives you that start, that jump start into, well, how do I do this? How do I connect it, make it talk to this, to that? How do I get something new happening? And that's what the spark in the kids needs to be, and let them find it and them discover it. Self-discovery is massive in that space. I don't know what you started on. I started on the Commodore 64. Yeah. It was my brother who was the programmer, and I was the one just wanting to play games. But it turns out that there is a whole other world there once the Internet showed up. Uh, you may have, may or may not have had a modem in your life that's at some point. 300 baht, baby. Oh, that's yeah. where we started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, like you could... You could you could read faster than the text could come across your screen, and it was just sending ASCII. There's yeah, nothing else. Yeah, That's you right. could, you could read faster than that. But yeah, I mean, I started with a Commodore, and um, well, I had another computer before that, but like, I think it was really that was um, the one that that you, you unlocked a lot of things. And so I got a, a fast load cartridge, which yes. would oh, enable you to uh, I still have that fast load cartridge. Load things more quickly, but the the more important capability of the fast load cartridge was that you could set breakpoints inside of, of programs and you could then go in and do real-time editing of what's actually in memory 
on the program. And so, like, instead of having to save up gold for eight hours in a game, <laughs> I would have the fast load cartridge in. We would pause. I would go figure out where in memory the amount of gold my character had was stored. There it is. Change that, then go buy the equipment, and then you, you go back on your merry way on your adventure game or whatever else you were playing without having to go kill the same bunny rabbit over and over and over for eight hours. See, I knew you were better at Temple of Apshai than I was. And, yes. and it, was just, it was just the way you held your coffee cup that told me this. And that's actually the, the real thing about getting into retro arcade games or anything else yeah. is right now we are in the age where I think you and I are probably in a relatively close age pattern here. And the thing is all of our childhood is now the nostalgia. That's what they're farming right now. The, the, the gold farmers are looking right at us when they're like, Hey, check out this album, check out this on vinyl and yeah. look at this retro game system. Isn't that amazing? It's just like you remember. And then you want to show someone, you know, and you're excited about it and they're like, why do I look like a giant block? Yeah. Do, you, what do you mean it doesn't talk back to you and every cutscene isn't cinematic? Okay, fine. So we had to work a little more in our imaginations when playing Battle Chess or Archon, Archon. actually. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, even oh, better than yeah, Battle Chess. Yeah, well, who owns the rights to it and why have they not released a modern version? So I just looked this up last month and actually the, the person who, who did Archon, who I think it was in Electronic Arts, there's yeah. an entire page about this. She's out there. She's now on the board of other uh, things and she, I think, still owns Archon. And there, there have been reboots of Archon. And yeah. so now I want to go find them to see if I can still recapture that first musical moment when the game launches and it had that certain chiptune sound music that went with it that still sends spirals in my brain to me wanting to go and play the basilisk. It's, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Aggressive chess. It, it, you fight for the spot, but it's so engaging. At least it was for me. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I mean, you look back at, at some of the, the ones from there. So while we're, we're uh, mentioning EA maybe has some of the publishing rights to that as well, but maybe only for the Commodore platform, which is not so useful these days. Uh, but, <laughs> so there's a, another one out there, EA, if you're listening. Um, I mean, you, you guys did Pokemon before it was Pokemon. It was Mail Order Monsters. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, and where is the modern version of that? I mean, no, Pokemon is, is not the modern version of that. Sorry, right. whoever owns the rights to Pokemon. <laughs> I did not enjoy that nearly as much as the Mail Order Monsters. And then the Racing Destruction set, which was like a build and design your own racetracks and, and your own cars and tires and road slicks and all sorts of stuff. This Countless hours have yeah. been lost just doing that. So my friend, I used to drag my friends over to play Racing destruction set and adventure construction set. Yeah. And, and I would sit there and, and so they said, flash the, uh, what is it? Fly the plane, crash the car. Crash the car was always racing destruction set. You build the most ridiculous concoction and put it on a track yeah. and watch it go nowhere fast. And it was always these hilariously ridiculous crashes. So today it, it would be like watching Rocket League, but you would build the track and set it up to go. At least that's what I imagine. Yeah. And where is that new version of the game? I'm sure that's out there somewhere on Steam or GOG or one of the other ones or even the Discord yeah. music. Uh, and, any of our service. listeners, if you're aware of a modern version of that, uh, your host will give you a CyberTalk Radio t-shirt if you uh, let me know. I may have a B-side shirt laying around if you can if you can actually show me where Racing Destruction set exists in modern times, please. Yes. Okay, you've got, you've got two t-shirts in it for you now. So... Uh, so B-Sides, so we're back to, we're going to circle back here a little bit before we head into our bottom of the hour break. So Las Vegas, B-Sides, this conference is up and going. So you're still working with that today. and But now there's, there's B-Sides, as you said, in San Antonio and a number of cities around the country. 
it's actually an amazing thing that took place from starting in uh, very humble beginnings in San Francisco in the shadow of RSA and then growing into a couple of other ones. The B-Sides Las Vegas is probably in competition for the largest at around 3,000 attending. What happened is it kind of sprouted babies or smaller conferences that happened regionally. And in a conversation very recently with our host venue here, they described it kind of like Toastmasters for InfoSec. And I think that's kind of a fair assessment. Where it started as there was a big conference happening across town. Here's the little B-sides nearby. Instead, what's happened is, as they've kind of spawned off and, or spun off and actually become their own entities, you have this place where you can get started safely or more safely. So go to your local meetups. Right. And that's where you go to see your whether it's a DEF CON group with your area code attached at the end or you've got a, a local group like Saha, San Antonio Hacker Association, whatever the city. Yeah, not San Antonio Housing is. Authority. No, no, no. 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 It's an unfortunate thing. And by the way, if you're looking for those nice folks, it's satxhackers.org, satxhackers.org yeah. for Saha. Now, the point is, is that you start there. Get your chops there, figure out, connect with your people. But then San Antonio B-Side started around 2013, and Cindy Jones, Cinders and Ashes, she, I met her at B-Sides Vegas. She gets the credit for starting it and running it here, and I don't know how she did all that on her own. She had some help. She did. All B-Sides events don't happen without a lot of help, but it was really her driving passion to get that going. She handed it off to me in 2015, uh, excuse me, 2016, I helped her on 2015 uh, and 14, but it was really 2016 is where I took over. And I have to tell you, I don't think I've ever been that stressed in my life going through that first process. But in doing it, it's actually allowed a group of people to connect and grow. Because if you think about it, San Antonio is probably number two in the nation for intelligence-related technologies. For, what is it, ISR, which is Intelligence, Reconnaissance, and Surveillance. Yes. So as a, as a technology field, if you think of Austin as kind of a mini Silicon Valley, yeah. you look at San Antonio and probably should think, but not too loudly, because they'll hear your thoughts, uh, maybe. Okay, fine. Anyway, the point is that this is the number two location in the country for intelligence-related work, which is usually fairly quiet, but you'd still need to connect and grow. Where would you go to polish your understanding of how to present? Where would you go to polish your resume? I, I'm curious about this Wi-Fi thing people are talking about, not as a connection. I know how to connect to Wi-Fi, but I want to explore how packets move from point A to point B. How am I going to do that? You go to your local B-sides and you connect there and you look for people who do what you do or are interested in, and you talk to folks. Go tell them you appreciated the presentation. Put together a 20-minute or 40-minute presentation. That's what B-Sides is. It's an opportunity for you to connect to your local community, plug into your interest, and then go off and learn. We only get you for a day here in San Antonio. It is my passion to help you connect to the community that speaks to you so you can come back next year and share that journey with us a little bit at least in a presentation maybe go to a capture the flag event and show or prove your skills or get your start and maybe you come back next time and run a workshop because you've learned something and you realize it may not be the the deepest of all the depths there are but it's a starting point for someone else yeah so uh in san antonio here uh, do we have, when's the, the B-sides for 2019 coming up? 
June 8th over at St. Mary's University is the and, big day for us. And y'all were there last year, right? Correct. Yeah. They've okay. been our host now for the last, this will be the fourth year we've been there, and they are a fantastic group of folks over there at yeah. the SET, the Group of Science, Engineering, and Technology. Those folks are amazing, Dean Aravellas and the whole team over there. Great yeah. folks. No, yeah, so uh, shout out and thank you to St. Mary's University for hosting, supporting uh, InfoSec community here in town. and uh, Absolutely. For, for taking care of the, the B-Sides folks. Uh, and if you wanted to register, it's probably too late to submit a talk here mid-May. I'm afraid um, in, that's true. In, unless someone doesn't show up. So always have your talk ready because <laughs> you'll, you'll never know, it's, especially the kind of informal conferences like B-Sides. Um, and even at formal conferences, they'll have no-shows. At a formal conference, you probably just end up with an empty room for an hour. But at B-Sides, I wouldn't, it would not shock me if you just said, hey, presenter didn't show up. Does anyone have a talk they're ready to give? And that's actually in, in some of the community B-Sides. I have definitely seen this. And that is why I carry around this tiny minion with me. I'm holding a little rubberized minion thumb drive. And my minion carries my talk for me. So on the off occasion, just like you're saying, Brett, this is what I've got for you. Yeah. I've, I've got it so that I can be at the ready just in case. So we're uh, going to go ahead and take a quick break here uh, for a news traffic and weather update at the bottom of the hour if you're listening to us uh, live from 1200 WAI. If you are listening to us uh, via your favorite podcasting service, um, it will skip over that news traffic and weather update because in the future, um, finding out the news traffic and weather update on the uh, evening of May 11th, 2019, not very useful for you. If you're not going to be able to stay with us through the break uh, and did want to hear the second half of the program uh, or go back and listen to something from the first, it will be up on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com on Tuesday, May the 14th. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran, and we're talking InfoSec here in San Antonio. Uh, we're talking about the B-Sides Conference. It's coming up May... No, June 8th. June 8th, not May 8th, because it's coming up May 8th. It would have been last weekend. That's right. Uh, so it's coming up June 8th. Uh, what website can they go to uh, if they would like to sign up, register, and come join you all out at St. Mary's? Appreciate that opportunity. It's going to be www.bsides, S-A-T-X. Now that's B-Sides, B, the letter B, the word sides, S-A-T-X.com. And that will be the main page. We've got a link there to jump to our Eventbrite. And tickets right now are $25 online. Or if this is May 11th, uh, that'll be right at the tail end of online ticket sales. We'll have at-the-door tickets still available. So if you missed out on online ticket purchase, we're also, for the first time, by the way, doing our own merchandise. Uh, because it turns out that people kept asking. So yeah. anyway... Uh, the I love the t-shirt you're wearing. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. We've is... we got to sneak a photo of that out onto social media here So, uh, with the program. But it's a B-Side San Antonio t-shirt. It's got the skyline on the top, and then it's got like a Dia de los Muertos skull going on. And, and thank, thank you for, for seeing that, but I, I have to take half a moment here and explain also the, the circuits, the lock picks, yeah. the USB dongle, and the soldering irons, which are going to be more prominent in this year's version of the shirt and badge. Yeah. I can see that the chips, like the eyes on the skull look like the old style chip sockets that we were talking about off air before we started that like used to plug into like arcade boards and things like that. Exactly. Yeah, pretty and, cool. And, and I'm so jazzed about this because it helps us find our voice and kind of our own individuality amongst all of the regional B-sides out there. Yeah. And it's, it's so important to find that individual voice. And uh, just to make sure I, I didn't miss out on saying it because I get wrapped up in my own head. Tickets are on sale on the website for $25 
It'll be through May 12th and then again available at the door on the day of the event itself. And if you wanted any merchandise, you can purchase when you go to the website and the merchandise it's for if you needed a spare shirt for someone who couldn't attend. We're selling patches this year and um, yoga pants. Uh, that's actually a Twitter thing. My second in command, Pinky, Dr. Pinky, the Dr. Pinky, yes, I'm calling you out, actually had a conversation online and she threatened that she was going to get some, some yoga pants going for the event last year. And I said, no, that's ridiculous. Don't, don't do that. And then, of course, it not only did she go have custom ones made in pink, she also go. posted them and provoked other B-sides events around the country to jealousy. So I'm fairly certain at least two or three others decided they would start offering yoga pants and more creative. So now the race is on to find the most ridiculous merch that we can come up with. I love it. So we're offering a patch this year with the Sugar Skull logo. That is one of the items we're offering So because this is a, a town that loves its patches. But then we're also going to try to do a shirt and something normal. And then, of course, ridiculous yoga pants. And I'm still looking for other silly things like maybe we'll offer Santa hats around the time of the season this yeah. year. Something ridiculous. Something fun. Because, really, it is about representing your local community, which is something I want to turn back to from our earlier conversation. Yes. One of the things that the reason B-Sides is so important, I feel, in any city is a bridge between hey, I'm a person who's working a workaday job and I want to do something more or different. I'm doing my day job, which is terrific. I like getting food on the table, but I also have this other passion that I can't quite engage in. So our offering is designed around this. Every year we try to add a little more, do something a little different. Our venue partner, St. Mary's, who is a fantastic group of folks, has given us room in their university center and in the Moody building and next door and in the Richter building. And what we do is we set up, we have five workshops this year. So whether you wanna learn about cloud forensics or cut your teeth on how to start your own. If you're a mom and pop business that need to get some cybersecurity in your life, we just lined that up. We have four Capture the Flag or CTF events that are currently scheduled, and things sometimes change, but that's where we currently are. We have all of those events in addition to four concurrently running tracks for if you're super technical, if you want to talk about theoretical, if you want to talk about beginning topics, and we even have a custom career track run by a recruiter who flies down from DC to run the specific track, which will host resume review and give an opportunity to hear some panel discussions about how to talk to recruiters, how to polish yourself and your resume and your image, because you have to put yourself out there. This leads you, if you're not getting enough out of that, we're gonna make sure you're fed because I am a closet Jewish grandmother. There is buffet breakfast, buffet lunch, and we have food at the after event as well. So there's also a lockpick village, hardware hacking village, and more. Yeah, so the the, uh, the lockpick village is kind of uh, fun. It makes me, uh, so we uh, here at our, our office, we've got a, a door that we didn't have a key to. And oh. the folks had locked the room, and uh, we'd called building maintenance to try to get that whole thing sorted out. But they were going to come out for a couple of days, so one of the folks in the office went and bought a pick, set of lock picks, <laughs> and they realized just how difficult it actually is to pick a lock on a door. Oh, and by the way, when the 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 locksmith showed up with the building maintenance guy, yeah. did not pick the lock either. He slid a, a thing underneath the door, <laughs> looped up, grabbed the door handle, pulled it down, and then left in twenty seconds, seconds. or less. Yes. Yeah, but did not no. actually pick the lock. He just unlock the door which is this is the the teaching of hacking it's like uh -huh. uh it's the, you're, you're looking at a system you're trying to find like 
how do you deal with this whole thing? And you could try to go straight through the more complicated spot, or there's usually some easy other way around. And when you're trying to defend something, you've got to find all of those, like, where are the other routes people are going to go? And this is the entire point behind the whole concept. Hacking is a mindset, okay? Hacking is not about being a bad guy. Hacking is the way you think about problem solving, to me. Hacking is you're tinkering at something, you're perfecting, you're polishing. Cyber criminals go to break in where they're not supposed to. See, bad actors, threat actors, that's, that's the bad guy, okay? Hacking is ingenuity, is innovation, is creative thought. And that is what it should be. Now, I realize a lot of folks mix language, mix words, but when it comes to opening the, you will never be more terrified and thankful that the person unlocking something is on your side, so to speak, than when you've locked your keys in that rental car and there's no one coming and they show up with a little air bladder and a hip socket kick to the door and it's open in under a minute yeah or if you locked your kid in the back seat of the car and it's hot outside and and you call it and you're like yeah you would hope that somebody could come help you get the door unlocked or maybe you knew you knew how to do it yourself at that because folks then often just end up breaking the window on their own car exactly and and why would you want to do that if there is this other way in and that's exactly what happens in cybersecurity. is you have bolted that that's what pki is all about i'm going to help you secure the door i'm going to help you secure the portcullis outside if i can and the communication between the lines if there's still a gaping hole called an air duct or a window that you've left open or a sliding glass door yeah i can't help you there yeah that's what this really exposes which takes me back to one of the reasons there are so many different workshop and village offerings is because there's such a wide ranging set of interests for this entire community see that's why if we get one day and we have an opportunity to talk to you or anyone else the goal is going to be connecting you to the community that speaks to you speaking of that we have 10 community tables this year we've got everyone ranging from the uh, texas cyber summit which is a bigger conference that happens in october they're going to be there talking to folks about their event which is by the way huge three-day event downtown let me tell you it's a few blocks from here over i think at the grand hyatt this year yeah. you got to check those guys out i'm going to shill for them for a second and i believe it's uh, texascybersummit.org just hit a search engine you'll find them yeah. fantastic people So if not that, we've got InfraGuard is going to be there at one of the tables, which is an FBI group that helps raise awareness about security. We've got the local hacker makerspace. We've got 10-Bit Works. We've got Coder Dojo coming. We've got a bunch of folks there because we want you to find your tribe. If you find your tribe and you get engaged and excited about your learning opportunities, this will open a door for you. And then we want you to come back and share with the rest of us so that we can all learn too. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. And as you, you uh, get out there, um, go to uh, bsidessatx.com. Uh, and if you are listening right now, you can get your ticket today. But if not, just uh, show up out there at St. Mary's uh, and get in line for tacos. So that's probably what breakfast is going to be. No, it, actually, it, breakfast is a full buffet. Actually. Full buffet, we have, we even have... more than tacos. Look at that. Yeah, so if you, want, if you want waffles, they've got waffles. I don't know if it's waffles or pancakes, but we make sure you will not go away hungry, whether it's for knowledge or food. And there's even coffee. There has to be coffee. Oh, so much coffee. Yes. But yes, so uh, B-SidesSATX.com, tickets on sale from there, or show on up on the June 8th. Get there at 8, 7.30 if you want to get in line. It'll be fine. We'll make sure you get fed. Don't worry. We want to make sure you get something in your stomach before you go learn something. 
Yes. Yeah, so as, as you're uh, also noticing, our guest is available for voice work. Um, so <laughs> um, if you... Uh, the have, rabbi said I was a very good contender. It'll yes. be fine. Uh, if you, you are looking for uh, talent, uh, check out... Uh, are you on Twitter at Sciatic Nerd? Yes, I am. Okay, yeah. So that's a, you can find him on Twitter and uh, yeah, reach out to him there for uh, all of the uh, voice work that you do need. Um, yeah, if you would like to get involved and volunteer, um, I'm certain there's volunteer opportunities. Maybe like this year's B-Sides, you sort of might be set up on volunteers, but definitely uh, if you, you want to get involved for the long run and uh, help grow uh, an organization like that and help connect our community here, um, this is a an effort that you're not paid very well for. You'd have a day job so that you can do B-sides yes. uh, on the weekends. And I am thankful for the weekends, only the weekends, if only. Yes. The, 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 the great joy of that is, is that having a day job does open the opportunity up to do this. And volunteers, you know what? It's actually an excellent point. It, don't wait for next year. If you have that drive or you want to get your start and maybe you're a younger person and you said, you know, I don't even have a job yet. I'm not even an intern somewhere. Come volunteer. You might meet some folks who open a door for you. This is a great opportunity. Hit up BesidesSATX.com, click the contribute as a volunteer page, and you will be able to fill out a little Google form and it will kick out an email and we will contact you. Yeah. So you've, you've mentioned a, a few, uh, different groups uh, here in San Antonio, but uh, are there stuff you're involved in um, outside of San Antonio? Because like you said you kind of got started in um, Vegas. You ended up at this B-Sides thing you didn't realize you were going to end up at, which has led you down this long and winding journey. Uh, but um, through B-Sides and connections, like where else have you found tribes and what other kind of things are going on? I think your journey is an interesting one for folks out there in the, the audience to, to see how this all actually can become reality. Well, then I will try to uh, keep this as short as possible. I don't know. Well, let me look at the clock there for a second. So I think there's uh, a reality that if you are shy and retiring, this is not going to be as easy a task. It's something definitely to overcome. I'm currently giving a presentation called Cons and Careers. Right now, the next presentation is in Indiana at Circle City Con number six coming up at the end of this month. But it's about the fact that if you can get out there and connect with people, start talking to people, make eye contact, and you can just talk to them a little bit about what it is that kind of gets your passion going. And if you can connect with folks about that, what started as frustrated filmmaker here, if I can do it, the kid who was hiding in the AV room in, in you know, younger grades because I wanted to roll the, the film strip protector, uh, projector excuse me, into the room, you know, the one that made a little boop noise every every time yes. and I would just turn that I felt like I was king of the world because I could turn that thing and I was involved you see I was important I had a role and that's kind of what this is about is what turns your brain on so that you aren't working as much as projecting your passion into the thing you're doing now it isn't all passion there's got to be some skill behind that but that's what it's about so for me I actually came into this doing AV work and then found that people would pay me to do the computer fix-it work, which led to this strange opportunity because I was willing to say yes when I was invited to a job interview back in uh, 2002. And what it really was, was an opportunity hiding, oh, there's a better person who said it, there's a better quote that basically says, uh, work is a, an opportunity hidden behind hard work, something to that effect. I know I'm getting that wrong. There's a better way to say that. But essentially, if you're willing to do the job that someone else wasn't and you do it well, it may open the door for you to do something better. 
So never discount that first support job because it could open the door later if you prove that you can excel or at least meet the quota of, of ticket bricks that you must bill and fill. You can then move up to do things that more and better interest you. So for me, going to B-Sides Las Vegas opened the door to meet people who said, oh, you've got to check out ShmooCon. So there I am helping monitor a video recording and helping to label things and track things. And they said, wow, if you like this, go check out ShmooCon in DC. I said, well, I don't know that I can afford to do that. A friend said, it's really important that you do. So I went and getting tickets, by the way, for ShmooCon is a ridiculous effort because they sell out in about five to 10 seconds. They only release 500 to 1,000 tickets in a go. There are only three attempts that you can make per year. So I had to beg, borrow, and trade with people on the internet, but I got there. So 2011, ShmooCon, go to this event, meet more people, see there's a wide world of things. See, the weird thing for me was, because I was recording a track, volunteering at a conference I'd never been to before, I'm going back to B-Sides Vegas, I learned about things I would not have voluntarily sat through. Because my goal, my job for the day, was to record all of the talks. So you saw a wide-ranging spectrum of different topics. This is almost like a smorgasbord of different types of work. And if you said, oh, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in this forensics piece, or the wireless networking piece, or whatever it was, then you start to go up at the end of the presentation and go talk to the nice folks. See what it is that drives them and then connect to other people doing it too. I went to ShmooCon, I invested in that, and it turns out to have been investing in myself because the more I connected to people, and again, you can't be completely shy and retiring, it makes it harder, you start to make contacts and they become your second or chosen or selected family. The weird uncles and, and aunts all around the country. This actually connected me to B-Sides San Antonio, which then it turns out, hey, there was also a B-Sides Austin and B-Sides Dallas, which I went to as well that same year. And it turns out this is the first year back, B-Sides Houston. B-Sides Houston had gone away for a number of years. Someone has picked up the mantle. If you look up the letter B, the word sides, HTX, B-Sides HTX, you'll find them coming, I believe it's in July. So definitely worth a look if you're within the sound of our voices, because you'll have an opportunity to help them build that community up and, there. Yeah. And if yeah, you don't live in Houston, the cost of attending B-Sides uh, generally is yeah, that, that $25 ticket is basically paying for your all-you-can-eat buffet all day. It's not that the host and conference organizers are, are um, taking that money and uh, buying themselves vacation homes anywhere. So this is, yeah, as you said, it's not the, the $1,200 conference. It's, this is, it's a community effort uh, run to share knowledge and to uh, allow folks to come out and interact with each other. So, yeah, that attending that B-Sides in Houston will cost you a, a tank of gas, a hotel room, and um, that probably, again, somewhere around that $25 admission. Check out the B-Sides Houston to see what they're, they're charging. And, and even sometimes the B-Sides are free still. Some of them are. It depends yeah. on the sponsorship. B-Sides RGV, which is Rio Grande Valley, which I think was is coming up real fast here, if not just happened. Uh, they just started last year. And it's still growing is the point. The community has more to give. There's room to grow. And that's the other thing is, so attend all of the ones in Texas if you can, if you have such a desire. My point is there's something different to see in each location. You may see a different version. Sometimes they record them and they're on YouTube or Twitch. You'll see some of these rebroadcast there. But it turns out 
even if you went and watched all the recordings, it would not give you the same experience as being there. Yeah, because you you can consume the sessions. You can't interact with the people. And that is the key. Yeah. That is the key to all of this, because that actually, in turn, by going and talking to the wonderful people in Dallas and in Austin, helped to forge relationships that has helped bring the Lockpick Village folks from Austin and Houston and Dallas to come help us in San Antonio. Or if you go to Circle City and you connect with people there, you'll find that you now have a family that you'll run into five or six times in a year. I now travel to five or six different cons around the country because all of the experiences are so radically different. This is my first year I'm going to go to GurCon up in Grand Rapids. This is my first Circle City Con. They are an up-and-coming conference that has over a thousand people, that most of which I'll have never met before, and a few of which I will. But this is one of the rare times that I'm actually not going to be working an event. See, that's how I got into the original ones. I volunteered. Yeah. I couldn't afford to pay for the travel and an event. So I said, I know, I'll go, and I because maybe it's hard to get tickets. I'll just volunteer. And that's a great way to get part of the experience for yourself. If you can't afford the ticket or you're not sure, maybe you can go and room with a cousin who lives in that city, something like that. Then you volunteer for the event. Back to the real Airbnb. It's on somebody's couch, not in like a whole fancy rented house these days. That's right. Well, no, actually, so someone in, in besides Austin, uh, very recently, someone told me they had gone to an Airbnb, which turned out to be a portable building or no, I think it was a converted horse trailer. Okay. I kid you not. Converted horse trailer with an outhouse. That's entertaining. Yeah. Enter- well, that, that, I don't know that that's the word they used. Yeah. Well, they should have looked at the pictures a little more closely. Right. Well, yes. you know, can, hey, I can it's on make them. <laughs> anyway. Yes, so buyer beware on the Internet. That's right. So, OK. So there are a couple of other things I would love to shout out about if I can. Yes. Uh, which is there's another group in town. If you aren't hitting your local groups, please do look at the folks from Saha or satxhackers.org. Look up Cyber Def Dojo. Terrific groups of people who do a lot of good here in town uh, please definitely check out texas cyber summit and if you're willing to listen to me a little more i have an on again off again love and hate relationship with my own podcast called security endeavors which you can find links to from securityendeavors.com. and i try to do it as either an interview show or a newscast where it's just headlines specifically dealing with security yeah if you wanted to learn a little bit more about the Cyber Def Dojo uh, as well, we've had uh, folks from there on the program. Uh, if you check out our archives at www.cybertalkradio.com, uh, click on the episode search, uh, put in Dojo, and uh, that'll pop up. And uh, maybe this episode will pop up now as well since we mentioned Dojo. We'll see what ends up in the uh, show notes there. Uh, but uh, you can also find all of our other uh, past uh, episodes uh, on the website where you can stream them straight from there Uh, you could go to our youtube channel if you would like to see a still photo of uh myself and uh, our guest from that week or guests uh no we don't do video on youtube sorry kids um and uh yeah because then you would see us drinking all the coffee and everything else we're doing in here and uh, no no. it's because i was told i have a a face for radio that's that's the real reason they're just sparing you well, and they do get to see a still photo of us for the whole 50 minutes. I'm Oh, well, I apologize in advance. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, you can also uh, go out there on uh, all the podcasting services, uh, iTunes, podcasts. Stitcher. Po- Stitcher. That's the one all the cool kids are using. I, I've not gone there. No, well, there's also Blueberry. There, there are so many podcast distribution networks. It's amazing. Yeah. 
And if anyone's doing amazing podcast analytics, uh, the program would love to know because I, I know we have like we have almost ten thousand followers on Twitter now. You can reach wow. out to us there. Yeah, it's yeah. Congratulations! That's yeah, wonderful. That's quite a feat. Yeah, and it, we, we've never bought followers, by the way. So no, no, we did not get to ten thousand <laughs> by even paying Twitter to get people to follow us or paying some other third-party service. These are all real people that have followed the program. I have no idea how many people listen on podcasts because like there's there's no like Google Analytics equivalent no. for podcasting. There's actually it's a very difficult challenge because it's such a distributed network of methods. Yes. But if you can track back to the number of downloads, that at least would tell you how many got pulled, right? Well, that'll tell me how many podcasting services grabbed the content, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's better than nothing. It is. Yeah, this is, but this is not a great one out there. So if you have ideas um, and problem solving, yeah. uh, we would love to know more about how podcasting uh, analytics works out there. If you've got a great solution, uh, this program would like to know. And I'm sure there's, with the boom of podcasts out there, lots of other folks would like this as well. So we've, we're uh, getting ready to wrap up here uh, on the program. If you just turned your radio on right now in your car, uh, you're listening to 1200 WAI. Uh, this is uh, Cyber Talk Radio, and we're uh, talking about B-Sides, which is a cybersecurity conference here uh, in San Antonio. It's coming up uh, in June. Check out their website at www.bsidesatx.com. Uh, it'll be uh, over on the St. Mary's campus on June the 8th. From 8 till 8. 8 till 8, June the 8th. Uh, so uh, parents... 8 to 7, sorry. I, I, it, so, it sounded too good and round. I'm sorry. It's, it's 7 to 7. Sorry, 7 sorry. to 7. Uh, get the kids up early. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, speaking of kids, though, if, uh, you're, if we've got parents listening out there, besides, uh, can a teenager come and attend? How does that stuff work? Absolutely. Now, we don't have child care services or anything, but we do encourage parents to come with their younger folks just for the sake of, of helping guidance and things like that. But we have plenty of families that do come out with the... 13 and up is generally a, a good engagement area because we do have an intro track that is trying to bring a beginner viewpoint to all of what they do. So you'll see a lot of content geared that way if you want. You can also go and try your hand at a, uh, excuse me, a CTF or capture the flag event. Oh, one more thing if yeah, I if could add. If your son or daughter's on a Cyber Patriot team, those CTFs are, are great ways to do some off-season training here in between now and next year. And if you are part of a group here in San Antonio that does any kind of creative thinking or engagements, let's say uh, you do making or electronics or you do telephonics or you have a computer hacking group and you want to get together and talk about it, look up DC726, which is a quarterly DEF CON meetup here in San Antonio because this is supposed to be a group of groups because the one thing we could do more of is kind of get together as groups so we know where each of the different areas are. So maybe we can get together and plan some things together. Yeah, well, great. Thank you uh, very much for joining us, uh, Sciatic. And uh, we will uh, look forward to seeing uh, some of you out there in the listening audience uh, joining him at B-Sides here in San Antonio. Thanks so much, Brett. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on CyberTalk Radio.